The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Plays it into Trey. Two seconds wide. Trey Slaughter. Hello and welcome back to Hoopball Hawks, the show here on Hoopball Network that is taking flight where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Thursday, June 17th, after a huge 26-point comeback to take the series lead 3-2 over the Philadelphia 76ers, and now the Hawks are coming home, baby, to potentially close out this series and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. And that comeback last night, according to Elias Sports, was tied for the third largest comeback in the NBA playoffs in the last 25 years, and the Hawks became the third team in NBA playoff history to win a game after trailing by 22 points or more at halftime. Now, listeners, I watched the entire game. And to be honest, I still don't know what the hell happened last night. I was in shock for hours after the game, refreshing the uh, the box score on ESPN, making sure it was correct, uh, continuing to watch TNT, listen to them talk and say, wow, they actually did it last night. And the fight and the resilience in this team that they've shown the last two games after being down both games by 15 plus points to come back and win. It's something that we've seen throughout the year this year, but not to this magnitude as far as them being the comeback kids and continuing to fight, scratch and claw in games. We haven't seen it this magnitude on this big of a stage, especially for such a young team. And for them to do that to a team that is new coach, but tenured coach here in the NBA, a lot of pieces, that nucleus has been intact in Philadelphia, but them adding some new pieces, but a lot of veterans on that team with championship experience. For the Hawks to do that to this team in this moment is nothing short of phenomenal. So arguably, Game 5 was the most important playoff game in Atlanta Hawk history, and Game 6 will probably rival that if they can close it out and win tomorrow night here in Atlanta. And we're going to talk through game five and preview game six after this plug for my bookie. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like super future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% 
deposit match bonus. 100%, just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this is your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There is so much that you can do on my bookie, and the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter, and you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some, in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. Game five. I knew, everybody else knew, Philly was going to come out swinging in game five. After how they lost game four, how Embiid played, Simmons played down the stretch. Philadelphia was going to come out swinging last night at home. And the Hawks were going to have to have, they were, it was going to be an uphill battle last night, regardless. And boy, <laughs> Was it to start the game as the Hawks were down 20-plus points in the first half and, and down a, by as many as 26 points in the third quarter? Hawks were offensively, from the field, terrible in the first half. And to start the second half, they were a lot better, but it just seemed like Philadelphia was just hitting everything last night especially Joel Embiid after missing 12 shots in a row in the second half of game four he came back started eight for nine from the field and then by halftime had 24 points and 10 rebounds so he was virtually unstoppable and when you look at last night's game when you look at the box score when you rewatch the game there were so many things that happened where you could say yeah the Hawks are going to lose this game being down 26 points with a 99.3% chance of losing. Yeah, you're probably going to lose the game. Bogey having five fouls by the 434 mark in the third quarter. Hitting no three-pointers and only scoring six points. You're probably going to lose the game if you're the Atlanta Hawks. Kevin Herter having four fouls and scoring zero points. And also having the lowest plus-minus on the team last night. Probably doesn't bode well in you winning. Capella having five fouls, not being available in stretches. Probably not going to win the game. And between Bogey, Herter, and Capella, and I'll talk about this later, 12 points between those three starters, listed starters last night for the Hawks. You get 12 points from three players who are in your starting lineup. You're probably going to lose. Shooting 34.6% from three as a team last night. Doesn't lend to winning basketball. Having 14 team assists, which is one assist less than that game three beatdown. Well, almost beatdown, but them losing a game three where they had 15 team assists. They had 14 last night and still win the game. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. They shot 31% from the floor by halftime and had three team assists by halftime. They were outscored 62-40 to 40 in the first half. And at one point in the second quarter, the Hawks had more turnovers than field goals made. Like, Philly was just hitting so many shots in the first half. And Atlanta was just flat out missing shots, whether open, whether contested. And it looked very, very bleak. 
And it just looked like Philly was just unstoppable in stretches as they were consistently having a 20-point lead throughout the game. And <laughs> you watched the broadcast last night, and you're just sitting there as a Hawk fan like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's possible there's like a little crack in the door, but I don't know. So why did the Hawks win last night? One, first and foremost, just like how they played in the fourth quarter in game four, that fight and that resilience that they had in the second half showed up again. They were not afraid. They still believed in each other, believed in this team. They regrouped, and they came out and played great in the second half. That is the main reason. Their fight, resilience, their hustle, their effort, energy, all of that was better than what Philly put out in the second half. They shot better from the floor in the second half and outscored Philadelphia 55-31 to once Lou Will stepped on the floor. And he was an X-factor last night as he scored 15 points all in the second half on 7 of 10 shooting, had three assists and a steal. Lou Will kept his team afloat and really helped in the comeback process in the second half. And Lou Will has had moments in these playoffs. But they've been far and few between as he is getting closer to the end of his career. And he's not the same Lou Will. But vintage Lou Will stepped up, especially in that fourth quarter, in a huge way. And at times he was just unconscious. And I loved seeing it. The Gwinnett County kid coming through in one of the biggest moments in Atlanta playoff, playing Atlanta sports postseason history. But... Isolated to the Hawks as well. One of the biggest moments. And to have a hometown kid come in and do this in the fourth quarter to help this comeback win. It's just special. And outside of Lou Will, the bench taking over, especially to start that fourth quarter. As I mentioned, Lou Will, Danilo Gallinari hitting shots, Oyeko Kongwu. And all in all, last night, Atlanta's bench outscored Philadelphia's bench 39-13. to and when they came in to start the fourth quarter, they went on a 15-2 run to start the fourth quarter. And at one stretch, they had 17 straight points. The bench came up huge last night. And then once the bench did their thing, cut that lead down to in, in the teams now and getting closer, 10-point game now. John Collins and Trey Young were masterful in the fourth quarter. They both played great. Trey Young was on fire. Blowing past defenders, hitting his floater, setting up teammates, and continually hitting big shot after big shot. And he was made, built for the moment, and he welcomed the challenge. And Trey Young just had a monster, monster game last night. And I'm going to get to his stats a little bit later here in the program. And then John Collins knocking down shots, defending, and just bringing that energy, the effort. And he has emerged on the court as a leader, especially throughout the season. I know there was times where he was kind of a ghost out, you know, on the floor as a lot of new pieces were thrown onto this team and him trying to figure out his role. Well, boy, he's figured out his role on his team with all these players, with all these weapons they have added, and he has showed up big the last two games. And I cannot say enough about the way those two players have played, um, especially going back to 
when they had their squabble in the locker room that was reported by the Athletics, uh, Chris Kirshner, earlier in the season, to go from there to this, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be something that's going to be talked about. And it's not talked about enough, I think, in Atlanta uh, media right now, sports media, is how you go from that to this. And part of that, obviously, is under Lloyd Pierce's watch. And Nate McMillan has severely changed things. And we're going to talk about the change that he has made. And we talked about that at at length on this program. We're going to talk about that a little bit later as well. But those two, to have that moment early in the season at each other's neck about how the, the style of play and touches and whatnot, to get to here is just nothing short of remarkable. And just like in game four, game five, the luck reversal happened. Philly went from hitting a, hitting a lot of shots in the first half, early in the third quarter, to missing a lot of shots. And then the Hawks, strung together at 1.7 straight defensive stops last night in the second half to complete the comeback. And they outscored Philadelphia 40 to 19 in the fourth quarter alone. Free throws, which I talked about in the series. There's a lot of bad free throw shooters on this Philadelphia team. And I was waiting for the Hawks to take advantage of that. And of that, I mean, Ben Simmons. Hacker Ben was finally engaged last night and it worked out. Ben Simmons was 4 of 14 from the free throw line, missing 10 free throws last night alone. As a team, they shot about 60% from the free throw line, and you can point to that low percentage directly to Ben Simmons. And then the MVP candidate, Joel Embiid, who had a great game last night, in my opinion. He was dominant. as That's pretty much no one that can really stop him in the league. Who was a great free throw shooter. He was an 86% free throw shooter this season. Missed two Back-to-back free throws at the end of the game, which was crucial to Atlanta sneaking out of Philly, completing the comeback. And this is the second game in a row where, in clutch, in a clutch moment, Embiid has faltered. And we all remember the blown layup in Game 4 with 7.7 seconds left that led to, obviously, the Hawks getting two free throws to win 103-100. But then him missing these two free throws last night was just... It's just odd, just peculiar, and bad luck. I don't know what it is. The Philly collapse. That's all they're talking about in national media. So I'm going to talk about Philly now, but obviously go back and give the Hawks their flowers for how they played last night because, you know, the national media, they haven't given the Hawks their flowers all year. And that's neither here nor there at this point because now they're going to be forced to potentially talk about the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals when a lot of people – to a lot of people in the national landscape, the Hawks were a virtual unknown because we weren't on TV. We weren't shown. We weren't publicized. We weren't talked about. We weren't. We were just overlooked. And now look at us now. Tobias Harris, who I talked about being the X factor in this series for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's not. This is not going to be talked about as much in the national you know, media today and leading up to game six tomorrow. But as much as. Ben Simmons missing free throws last night is going to be talked about. And then, obviously, on Twitter, Trey Simmons is now trending on Twitter right now. Tobias Harris, his performance last night cannot go unnoticed. He had the worst game of this postseason for him, scoring a grand total, grand total of four points last night. Scored four points on two of 11, shooting from the floor. He was over 3 from the three-point line. And as I said, 
He's their X factor in my opinion. If he's scoring 20 plus points, the likelihood of Philly winning is extremely high. And for him to have four points for Philadelphia is terrible. For the Hawks, it's amazing. That's great. He's their third scorer. Well, in ways, their second scorer uh, because Simmons has really been poor as far as, as a scorer this this series, except for the 17-point uh, outburst in Game 3. And last night, Philadelphia wasted a 36-point performance from Seth Curry, who hit seven threes last night, had seven rebounds. And then, as I mentioned, Embiid had a monster performance as well. He had 37 points himself, grabbed 13 rebounds, had five assists, two steals, and four blocks. Tobias Harris, outside of Ben Simmons missing all those free throws last night, if you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan, one one if you listen to the program. Sorry, I got a rag on your team, but I'm not sorry that the Hawks won at all. I'm not sorry at all. But as much as you want to be mad at Ben Simmons, you got to be mad at Tobias Harris as well. He cannot go unscathed in this, as well as the bench for Philadelphia who did not show up last night at all. They were piss poor, uh, lack of better terms. So, and on top of that, the icing on the cake, turnovers. Atlanta had 11 turnovers last night themselves, but they forced fifth, sorry, 16 Philadelphia 76ers turnovers last night, which led to 25 points for the Hawks. Turnovers, big stat that probably is not going to be talked about in the national landscape. They're just going to talk about the collapse of Philadelphia. You have a poor performance from Tobias Harris. Poor performance from the free throw line from Ben Simmons. You commit 16 turnovers as a team, which led to 25 points for the good guys here, the Atlanta Hawks, and just bad luck. Philadelphia has now collapsed two games in a row. And like I said, that's noteworthy. But now I'm going to talk about the Hawks. Trey Young never stopped fighting again. Not extremely efficient from the floor, but 39 points. 39 points in his first playoff his first eastern conference semi semifinals in his career backs against the wall you have a huge win in game four you're on the road you know hostile environment the shot at time wasn't falling and you go out and you put up 39 points 10 of 23 shooting not efficient two or six from three but got to the free throw line 19 times last night. I repeat, 19 times. And that was pivotal. He hit 17 of his 19 free throws. Him getting to the free throw line was crucial to obviously getting some easy baskets for the Hawks, uh, slowing things down, and obviously getting points as when you're down by 20, 26 points, you need points. And he provided points. And he also provided seven assists three steals, and only had two turnovers. And he's been masterful at dictating his the pace of the game, the flow of the game, and not letting people speed him up or slow him down. He is in control of his game. He's been leading his team, creating for others. And getting to the free throw line, I mean, when the referees actually do call fouls for the Hawks. But the most important thing, especially in this series and the playoffs, is the decrease in the number of turnovers from Trey Young. And throughout the playoffs, in my opinion, that's the biggest thing. And we're seeing the ascent to stardom, which we knew here in Atlanta he was going to be a star. And he's continually overshadowed 
and overlooked because of the person he was traded, who was mentioned in the trade, obviously swapping places, Trey coming here to Atlanta and Luka Doncic going to Dallas. And everyone wants to talk about Luka. Everyone wants to, you know, praise Luka. Look at his numbers. Look what he's doing. And all for his team to, I mean, now Trey Young has an opportunity to make it farther than Luka ever has in their early careers right now. He has an opportunity. And that's a conversation for another day of why no one wants to talk about Trey Young. Everyone wants to talk about Luka Doncic. But with Trey Young, to give him his flowers, we've been seeing the maturation in his game throughout the entire season. His decision making, obviously he likes to take risks and take chances, but his decision making has slowly but surely gotten better throughout the entire season. And now that he has a team that is healthy, the continuity is there, they're comfortable with each other. And now this team is taking off and Trey Young is shining. Whether he needs to put up 39 points or whether he has 18 assists like he had in the other game. He is doing whatever it takes to win the game, controlling the pace, in control of himself, and doing everything it takes to win the game. And first half, Philly did their thing defensively, really disrupting the Hawks um, on the offensive end, but they never gave up. And ice trade a gang was a big part of that. So I want to tip my cap to Trey Young. And even though the national media may not do it, and I saw Nick Wright, just over, <laughs> overlook again, Trey Young. <laughs> We're not going to overlook you, Trey Young. We appreciate all that you have been doing, and I'm going to appreciate even more what you will do for this franchise. John Collins. I've been raving about John Collins in this series, and the last two games, he had a poor performance in game three. But the last two games, he has been great. And then last night, scoring 19 points, 7 of 12 shooting from the floor, 3 of 4 from the three-point line, and all three of his threes that he made, were huge, crucial. Grabbed 11 rebounds, two blocks, and most importantly, most important thing when you look at John Collins' stats last night is that he had only one foul. One foul the entire game. That is what I'm most excited about. I said the episode before, the front court for the Atlanta Hawks between John Collins, Capella, and Oyeka Okongwu, they have to have nine fouls or less in order for the Hawks to have a chance to win. So if they're not in foul trouble, that means J.C., Capella, and Okongwu are getting more minutes, which means that they're not on the bench, not contributing to the team. And last night, between those three bigs, they had seven fouls combined, which is excellent. And that's something I'm going to continue to look for going into game six tomorrow night because, as I said, they need Capella on the floor. They need Okongwu on the floor. And I think they need Okongwu more on the floor. And we're going to talk about his impact on this series a little bit later. But they need John Collins on the floor for his defense, for his floor spacing, his energy, his effort, his rebounding ability, his leadership skills. He is the energizer for this team. And he has been a huge spark for this team the last two games. And when he makes plays for this team, the team is jacked. Here in Atlanta, the crowd gets jacked up. So... We're going to need that again in game six in front of the home crowd. John Collins, continue to do what you've been doing. I don't know what your pregame ritual has been the last two games, but keep that same energy, young fella. Keep that same energy. The Atlanta bench. I already mentioned Lou Will and how great he played last night. Gallinari hit some monster shots in the second half, 
and really started the game really well, too, in the first half. And he was one of the bright spots offensively in the first half for the Hawks. And he's been doing well on the glass the last two games. He's averaging right now seven rebounds a game between game four and game five. So I would love to see him continue to crash a glass. And I continue to see him on the floor with the big lineup, put him in at the three to match up the size that Philadelphia has and continue to knock down shots. He didn't knock down a lot of shots in game uh, four, per se. Only had eight points, but 16 points last night off the bench. Six to ten shooting from the floor. Three or four from the three-point line. He was crucial in that stretch where the bench helped to chip away at the lead and then pass the baton to the starters and let them do their thing. Ayeko Okongwu, again, has been playing great. And, and I tweeted this out earlier today. As sexy as a pick, Tyrese Halliburton would have been at six. And he had rookie of the year votes and played great in Sacramento this year. I always thought that Okongwu was the better pick because of his defensive prowess, his interchangeability on the defensive end, his footwork, his explosiveness. And he has a great base to build upon for years to come. And as a rookie, he's really been showing out, especially probably since about, I'm going to say since about, mid-February, early March, once he got a few games under his belt, he started, you know, getting better game to game to game. And his energy on the glass, his defense, this early in the career has been terrific. And we're seeing this as this is the pick that the Hawks needed to make at six. And Mike Conti, a radio personality here in Atlanta, tweeted that Oyeko Kongu this series has five blocks 15 rebounds and has a 17 plus minus here in the Eastern Conference semifinals for the Atlanta Hawks. And last night he severely outplayed the veteran Dwight Howard in the fourth quarter. It wasn't even close. So continue to do your thing, Oyeko Okongwu. His future is bright. And if he can ever continue to add to his game offensively, the more confident he gets, uh, he's going to be a really, really good player in this league. And I'm so glad that he's on our team. So, enough from Game 5. Game 6. What do we need to see as they come back here to Atlanta tomorrow night, slated for 7.30 Eastern Time? Keep that fighting spirit. Win this game in front of your home crowd. Hey, Philadelphia is going to have their back against the wall. But, and we got to be prepared for that. But, keep that same energy. Keep that same fight. That, that hustle. That spirit. That led you to two comeback wins in a row. Take care of business here at home tomorrow night. <laughs> Hit those big shots. Make those big defensive plays. Execute, execute, execute. And we'll see. We'll see he's going to be victorious at the end of the day. And if they continue that same energy, I feel like the Hawks will be victorious at the end of the day. Because Philly, they're wobbly right now. This is the opportunity to strike. You got to win this game tomorrow night. You don't want to risk sending this back to Philadelphia for a game seven. You don't want to risk it. So Atlanta has to attack tomorrow night. And speaking of attack, you're going to need more than 12 points between Bogey, Herter, and Capella. Herter had zero points last night and four fouls. I don't expect that to happen in game six. Bogey had six points last night. Didn't hit a single three. Had five fouls. I don't expect that tomorrow night. Capella has six points offensively. Did well on the boards and had his moments, but 
I like when Capella has about 8 to 12 points. And I like when he has at least 11 to 13 rebounds. Because that bodes well for the Atlanta Hawks. And whoever's coming off our bench. Who obviously. Gala who we mentioned. Okongwu. Lou Will. Played great in game 5. You got to be ready again game 6. Because I expect Philadelphia as a whole. To come out swinging like they did the last two games. But I expect their bench to come out. And play like they did in game 3. Where they got so many contributions for different players. Like Shake Milton. Cork Maz. Uh, Thibault. Um, who obviously he flips in and out of the starting lineup. Anybody who's coming off the bench, I know Doc Rivers is going to challenge them like they did before game three, and they responded in game three. I expect them to come out and probably rise to occasion in game six. The bench for the Hawks must be ready again. We're going to have to weather the storm. Philadelphia's going to you know, throw their punches. They've thrown punches the last two games, and we weather the storm and come back and win. We're going to have to take those punches again, stick to our game plan, be ready for Simmons to be aggressive, be ready for Tobias Harris, who had four points last night, to be aggressive, both having poor performances. I expect Ben Simmons to maybe get some more free throws up and shoot better from the free throw line, and maybe the hacker Simmons is going to be in play again tomorrow night, depending on how the flow of the game goes. But if the Hawks pull off this game tomorrow, game five, will probably be looked at as probably the biggest moment in Atlanta Hawks playoff history, Atlanta sports history, looking back on it, if they win tomorrow. You cannot waste the performance that you had yesterday to come back and win and have a bad performance at home tomorrow with a chance to close it out and move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. You cannot waste that performance last night. The Hawks must be ready. That Atlanta crowd must be ready. It's going to be a fight, Game 6. I expect it, fully expect it to be a fight. Both teams won't hold back punches. So we're going to see who stands victorious at the end of Game 6 and see if the Hawks, despite all the odds, despite being overlooked and disrespected the entire year, despite only having four national televised games this year, despite not having any All-NBA players, despite not having any All-Stars, and you had the All-Star game here in Atlanta, had Embiid and Simmons not be able to play, and you don't call Trey Young. To get to the Eastern Conference Finals, which would be Nate McMillan's first time making it to the Eastern Conference Finals as a head coach, who has done a terrific, terrific job all year, should have been in the top three for Coach of the Year, wasn't. Continue to be overlooked in that regard. He's an astounding 36-15 and 15 now as the head coach of the Hawks. He's taken them from 11th in the East to a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks are now 12-11 and 11 under Nate McMillan in games decided by five points or less. And NBA fans, I want you to listen to Nate. Hawks fans, we know. We know. We believe. We believe in Atlanta here. But NBA fans listening to this program for the first time, or you've been a listener to the program, maybe not be a Hawks fan, you're enjoying the ride. Damon Miller said something post-game that I want you to listen to. If you don't believe, you better believe now. If you don't believe, you better believe now. The Hawks are arriving. And I said they have a legitimate five-year window, in my opinion, from here on, where they could be contenders in the East. And this is only the beginning. This is the foundation for what's to come for the next five years. They still have an offseason to improve this roster, tweak this roster, make decisions. We're going to 
wait for that time to come. We're living in a moment right now. And right now we have a moment that takes place tomorrow night to bounce the one seed out of the playoffs in the East and make it to the Eastern Conference Finals when a lot of people scoffed at this roster, scoffed at Trey Young, scoffed when they were 11th in the East when they let go of Lloyd Pierce. And now look at them now. And in the words of Trinidad James, don't believe me, just watch. Don't believe me, just watch. And if you love what you heard today, give us five stars, give us a good review, share it, tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks, playoff season, Eastern Conference Finals on the line. Better share it with fellow Hawks fans. You better share this show with NBA fans, Atlanta sports fans, basketball enthusiasts, whoever. Share this show so they can get on the ground floor as the Hawks continue to ascend up to the penthouse, just like this program. Follow us at HoopBallHawks on Twitter. That is at HoopBallHawks. Follow myself, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad, J-A-R-R-E-T-T-6-7. Game six here in Atlanta. I cannot wait tomorrow night. Sheesh! Let's go, Hawks.